Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And today, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Light. Light? Hey, how's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. And we, have a, we also have a special guest. We should ask how she's doing. We have Alice Peng. Alice? Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. I'm excited that you're on here today. Alice has, is the author of Moondaughter's Fate from Frog God Games, and we were, we were curious about that module, um, and we're, we're interested in talking about it with you some today for this, this episode, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. How did you, what is that, okay, let me ask this question here. What, what inspired this module was the idea behind it? Now, I've, I've played through the first portion of it. It seems like not a lot of it. Alice was DM. It was a really good game. It was fun. We enjoyed it. My spouse and I were actually in that game for one of the Frog God. I can't remember what it's called. Game Days. Frog God Game Days is what it's called. So could you tell us a bit about the module? Absolutely. So I grew up living a few years in Taiwan and I was born in the U.S., but in my house, uh, we weren't allowed to be ABCs, even though I was born and raised in San Francisco. We were Chinese. My parents did not want to really assimilate on that part. So in the house, everything was Chinese. So we spoke Chinese. Uh, food was Chinese. Uh, traditions were very much old world. And then outside the house was uh, English and the American world. And it was an interesting way of living. Uh, but growing up and ending up a gamer, who, that I've been a gamer for all of my life, I noticed that there's not much in that realm of Asian content. There's a lot of Asian through Western lens, which is great. I don't think that that's personally from my opinion. I don't think that that is a cultural, a cultural appropriation. I think that that is often paid in homage and somebody who loves the subject tries to write it. However, you don't write it from the same perspective as someone who is from that culture. And I dealt with, uh, and I've dealt with some content that's written by what uh, we Asians call bananas, which is yellow on the outside, a little bit more American on the inside, Chinese on the outside, American on the inside. Uh, and that also comes from a different lens. And I think that's great too, because that's also another perspective. Uh, I wanted to write something a little more genuine and authentic to the content because it's not something a lot of Western culture has seen. You've seen a lot of Japanese inspired, but there's a lot of history that goes back beyond that. So I wanted to write something like that. There's a lot of the old world folklore content in that incorporated into it, like the idea of how every region has these regional gods and these little demigods interfere with the world in certain ways and have to follow other rules to not interfere in other ways and they find ways around working it. And so that's where the PCs come in as they kind of start meddling. And then the PCs come and go, what's going on? And they try and fix it. And they have allies that are spirits and gods, demigods. And then they also have enemies that are unseen and they don't know that have their own little minions that they created this cult and all these weird things, which was very common um, to that kind of lore. So, so for me, you know, I greatly appreciated seeing a module like this. You know, I, I'm an ABC, um, American born Chinese, you know, growing up in the uh, 80s, we really didn't have anything that had any type of uh, Asian adventures, really. I mean, you know, AD&D released the Oriental Adventures um, supplements, which at the time, not having any content, I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome. I love it. I can play, you know, traditional Asian type characters. But as Alice mentioned, it was written from a very different lens. You know, seeing this book, I 
mod do I greatly appreciate it because even with what you did Alice on some of the pronunciation and languages you know the four intonations and such I was like wow this this is the real deal here you know this is authentic to you know Chinese culture even you know beyond as you mentioned the Twinkie or banana <laughs> type of um, lens that we have. It's really funny that you mentioned that uh, light because something I had a lot of fun with in Chinese and Mandarin specifically, there's a lot of, uh, when the words are written versus when the word they're spoken, they're written in different ways, even if they can be spoken in the same way. So I played a lot with the names in there and had characters who had two meanings to one name because a lot of times they're illiterate. And so you can speak a name and have it mean two different things. So I had played with that where some of the villains and some of the characters had that happening and there's and it plays into the content of the module yeah so for me i thought that was a really creative twist on it that you know i greatly appreciate it just from a, a language standpoint and being able to read that see that and feel it as well too thank you i'll be 100 honest i was a little lost in some of the language stuff there i was a bit confused but i'm as midwestern as you get <laughs> But yeah, I was trying to figure some of it out and I was a little nervous to even try to pronounce things. I was looking at it, I was like, oh, I'm a little lost here. But that, I think that I need to, I need to probably close my mouth more and listen more to learn more. Where <laughs> I can approach even running something like this. Now we haven't run this in our game group yet. And I know both of us picked it up and we were excited to run it. But I did play it with Alice running as DM. And one thing I thought was neat from my perspective when I was playing it and then when I was reading through it is that there's the the monsters the gods and everything have very are very new and unique takes on things that I've not seen in a lot of games yet and it's also got a mix of some of the classic stuff in there so it did have kind of an old school regular D&D feel and then bringing out a lot of new fresh things that were just I thought were cool and far more interesting than most of the monsters that people just yank out of a monster manual when you have encounters so I appreciate that a lot about the module. Thank you. I'd be, I would be. I ran a Lost Lands campaign for a while, and I believe this is set in the Lost Lands. Am I correct, or is it vaguely set there, or is it kind of... It's vaguely set there. You can transport it if you want. Uh, they, they've made it pretty generic. I will tell you, I don't take full credit for the stat locks of the monsters, because they had me write the story and they told me to send in my story. And then they had me explain my monsters and explain what I wanted the monsters to do and gave general vague uh, guidelines for the stat blockers. And the Frog God team has several people that generated the stat blocks for me uh, that they wanted to go with certain guidelines that Frog God has for their monsters when they create stuff. So I tell them what I wanted and what I wanted each of them to do. And they did that part. And well, then they put the numbers against it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It, it is the creativity of them all that I think is interesting in this that I've seen. They are, it, is, it, it is definitely, that's a strong point to this. Now, there's three different versions of this out there, if I'm correct. I have a Swords and Wizardry edition and a Pathfinder edition. And Light, you have... I have the 5e as well as a Swords and Wizardry version because I don't pay, play Pathfinder as much. <laughs> I, I we're not playing pathfinder at all i don't know <laughs> i was thinking man maybe i should have gotten the fifth edition because we're probably more likely to play that in the future of pathfinder it's been a while and yes yeah. there are three editions i i find it interesting because um 
depending on the audience and what editions they play the most, it seems that some people have mixed responses about the fact that my module has a background and has more of a less dungeon crawly because I'll warn everyone now, this is not a murder hobo dungeon crawl adventure. This is very much a problem solving, um, exploratory investigative mystery adventure for every Every hint, every piece of information the players need to know, I've written four more, uh, four or more ways to find that information. And then there are some really obvious ways. Like I know that one critic commented, oh, you'd never put a journal entry into a module. That's just a no, no, no. However, the one thing about that is that's the sixth way of getting the information about that about that particular situation. It's more for the players that still have no clue after going through a number of areas and having gotten five other clues. <laughs> By that point, they should already know what's in the journal entry. And the journal entry, if they really didn't, that gives the, that writes it out for them a little bit better. It's an important piece of information. But I, I tried to make it so that there's a lot of clues to look around for. And I, and while I am, as a person, always say, I hate horror, I don't do horror. For some reason, whenever I write modules, people go, you do realize this is horror, right? <laughs> and I think you you realize that, Logar, because you had a scene in there, you're like, and we're backing out. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I like, the, one of the things I like, like you said, it's not a typical dungeon crawling, stuff like that. There's a lot of different elements to it too. Like one of the gods in here, offers you um well if you're if it addresses if you're looking for money or payment essentially like we often do in a game like hey who, how much are you gonna pay me yeah. you're playing you've had that happen in your campaign i guarantee you and this god looks very he offers scales that are worth like two thousand gold or something along those lines i can't remember exactly what some, some sort of treasure yeah looks down upon it and kind of distrusts you if you take the payment and just like oh, i'm doing it for the money so there's things that address a lot of that kind of typical D and D dungeon crawling stuff and kind of turns it upside down in that way. And it's, it's a neat module. It's fun and something different. I do like that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I really like the uh, depth and detail you went to, um, as you mentioned earlier in regards to the clues, but I also really liked how you incorporate a lot of the um, Chinese mythology into it. You know, a lot of people are very familiar with the Western Western fairy archetype but within Chinese mythology you know it's a little bit different how Chinese mythology handles the gods the demigods and the fairies you know they interact with humankind quite a bit and live almost alongside them really and walk amongst them quite a bit so I really loved how you integrated several um, quite important <laughs> characters within the module as part of that. Thank you. I do want to bring up for anyone who's never really had much exposure to this genre, um, it, it's not wuxia, it's function and uh, function is high fantasy. What I would recommend you do, there is, an, uh, there is a great movie in English called Sorcerer and the White Snake that actually ah, yes. represents this genre very well. I'd suggest going and watching that because that's the genre that, I'm, that I created this for. It is a high fantasy and it is not wuxia, wuxia is for more martial arts and low magic. Yeah. I've not, I've not seen that. I'm definitely going to put that on my two watch list and try to get to it here in the next week or so if I can find it. You know if it's streaming anywhere? <laughs> I don't actually, but I know it's a fantastic movie. Uh, when I first said to my to my old gaming group, guys, I want to run function because nobody ever does that genre and nobody knew what it was. So I turned on the movie and played them three different scenes from it. And like, we want to play that. 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. I, I think there needs to be more like this. I hope that there will be some in the future. I hope that you will have more in the future as well. <laughs> yes, as do I. I definitely plan to. I'm going to be working on some different things for a while first because I don't want to be pigeonholed as the person who only writes Asian stuff. No, of course but, not. Yes, there will be. I have some other stories. Well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank you all for listening. You can visit our website at wobbliesandwizards.com or find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Alice, is there any place that you would that you would like to uh, promote or have our visitors check out or anything like that right now? Well, it's currently on hiatus due to some personal medical stuff, but uh, we run Babies with Knives, and so check us out on YouTube. We will be back. We are a podcast that is designed to teach people a wide variety of game systems. We have crash courses, we have game demos, and uh, we bring in creators to show off whatever they create. There are thousands of tabletop role-playing games out there, and most people only know a handful. Well, thank you. It's been good having you. And keep those dice rolling. Keep them rolling. Keep them rolling. Thank you for having me.